I just believe with all my heart that God wants to and will do amazing things in our lives and through our lives uh, this Christmas season if we let him. You know, that's kind of what it comes down to is we got to let him. And so uh, right now, let's pray. I want you to stand with me and we're just going to pray. And um, we're going to pray and I want you to pray um, that we, we've got to be willing to let God speak to us. This has to be more than a religious service of some kind. That we just come here, whether you know our parents dragged us here or it's our religious obligation or whatever. It just has to be more than that. Otherwise, you know, it's just a waste of, of time. I mean, really. And so let's, let's just pray and ask God um, to really... Um, and as we pray, just open your hearts uh, to the Lord. So, Father, we, um, we just come here. And we don't want to take um, being here and being in your presence for granted. That we call this a worship service because we've come here to worship you. We've come here because you are worthy of our praise and our, and our worship and our thankfulness. Lord, you're just so worthy. You're more than worthy. And right now, we ask, and I just ask, Holy Spirit, will you come? Holy Spirit, will you come and do what only you can do? Will you come and meet us right where we are? That would you touch our hearts? That and for some, you know, will you turn our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh? For some, will you take our bruised hearts and will you heal our hearts? For some, Lord, that... um, we are so distant from you. Will you, uh, will you come and, and pull us into your presence? Holy Spirit, just come. And lead us into all truth. And we are confident of that because that's what the word says. That's, that you, Holy Spirit, have come to lead us into all truth. And I pray today you would lead us into truth. That you would lead us into the truth of who you are and what you have done for us. That you would just transform the way we think of this season. And so we thank you. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just come now. Fill us this morning. Fill us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You all can stand or sit or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I'm of the belief that you can find a video about anything on YouTube, right? I mean, it's just one of those things where uh, with YouTube, you, you probably don't even need regular television no more. I mean, you can find, you can just, you know, find anything. And so out of curiosity, and I, I just, I get weird sometimes. I get weird all the time, and I, and I, and I just think weird things. Right, and so out of curiosity, I wanted to to see how many videos would be listed if I typed in the word asparagus. You know, like like would there be YouTube videos about asparagus? And the answer is quite a lot. Came back with you know it just says about because it can't give you a, a real exact number, but it said about. 423,000 results. There's over 423,000 videos about asparagus on YouTube. 
And, um, you know, one obviously was how to cook asparagus in a pan. I think if you need to go to YouTube to learn how to fry asparagus in a pan, I, I think, uh, come up, I'll pray for you after. Um, but there's another one, asparagus, family feud. And my favorite, and I didn't watch it, I, I got it, you know, on the ones you, you want to wa- add to the watch list or whatever. What we found when we dug up a 15-plus-year-old asparagus was amazing. I want to know what they found when they um, dug up a 15-plus-year-old asparagus. Well, one night, you know, I was watching a video uh, entitled, uh, called, How Big is the Universe Compared with a Grain of Sand? You know, I mean, that's one that we all should watch. You know, how big is the universe compared to... Uh, with a grain of sand. And in it, there was this astronomer, his name was Peter Edwards. And uh, he explained and he said this, you will never ever get your head around how big the universe is. It is just enormous. There's no way, I think, that the human mind can comprehend the true immensity of the universe. We pointed the Hubble telescope at what appeared to be a very ordinary patch of the night sky. And what the telescope saw was incredible. There are 10,000 galaxies in a patch of sky the size of a grain of sand held at arm's length. And if this tiny patch of sky is like every other, then we can calculate how many galaxies are out there. The visible universe contains about 100 billion galaxies. Each one of those galaxies contained about 100 billion stars. That means the visible universe, just what the visible universe, contains something like 10,000 million, million, million stars. That means there are more stars in the visible universe than there are grains of sand on the earth. And you know what, what came to mind when I thought about how big this universe is is I thought, man, you know, if the universe is that big, how big is our God? You know, I began to think, man, God, how, how big, how big are you? You know, that, that how powerful is our God who created everything, including the universe, you know? And, and I began to think that this big and powerful God who created this unfathomably big universe that he, that he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to earth to be our savior. I mean, it's, it's incomprehensible to me that as big as the universe is, Here's this speck of a speck of a speck of a speck called earth. And God, in his bigness, said, I'm going I'm to send my one and only son. Because the people there, you know, that they've, they've, they've messed up and they've gone far from me. They've turned their back. There's a distance between us, and I, and I just yearn for a relationship with them. And so I'm going to send my son there 
And I just started to think about that. All right, when you think about that, I think you automatically begin to worship. And you say, oh, God, thank you. You know, and then I thought about the billions of people who have lived on planet Earth, and God loved me that much, that, that he cares about me. You know? And I went from the bigness of this universe all the way to the smallness of me and how much God loves us. And I think that my prayer is that this Christmas season that we would let that amazing truth just sink in. I mean, just sink in, you know. That we're going to be focusing on a very, very um, special facet of the Christmas story. That it, That is something that you probably have heard about, heard of, but maybe you've never really thought about it. I mean, really thought about it. You know, you might have thought about, you know, the, the nativity. You might have been, you know, thought about, the three wise guys, you know, talking about the angels or whatever. But, but, but there's a facet of the Christmas story that is just amazing. And that, that I believe that, that if you would allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about this, and that you would really, really grab hold of this, that, that this could just change your life. That he could just change your life, you know. And today what I wanted to do was just give like an introduction to what we'll be talking about over the next three weeks. We're going to end up culminating our Christmas Eve, and we're just going to full-on talk about that. But, um, you know, there was, uh, there was an invasion about 735 BC. Uh, BC. Um, there was uh, Jerusalem, and it was just a lot of, hustle and bustle, just like kind of like how we are today around this time of year. You know, there's a lot of activity, you know. Uh, you go to Alamana and you just pray for parking, right? Uh, you just pray for parking. And, and, you know, it was a thriving city, you know, because everything was going well and, and things were going great for them. And um, it was under the leadership of King Ahaz, who was the king of Judah at that time. And um, what happened was King, King Ahaz, he is part of, his, part of the family line of King David, you know. And so though he's the king there. And um, in the midst of all this good stuff, um, the neighboring countries of Syria and Israel uh, had formed an alliance and it sought to go and conquer Jerusalem, all right? So it's like, you know, things are going really great. But now there's powerful nation and, and Israel has come together. Uh, at that time, you know, uh, when we think of Israel, well, that's God's people. Yeah, they split into two kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom. And so they got together. Um, Israel got together with Syria, which was a really powerful nation at that time. And they're going to take over um, Jerusalem. So we start in Isaiah 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, when Ahaz, son of Jotham, um, and, and the grandson of Uzziah, king of Judah, and all that, um, the king of Israel had set out to attack Jerusalem, all right? But however, they were unable to carry out um, their plans. The news had come to the royal court of Judah, and he says, hey, you know what? 
there's an alliance going on, and they're coming. They're coming for us, right? And so the hearts of the king and his people trembled with fear like leaves, like trees shaking in a storm. So in the midst of all this good stuff, here king, here's King Ahaz, and he's filled with fear, you know? And, and so he's wondering, well, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do, right? Because he's panicking because all things being equal, if they came in and invaded the land and invaded Jerusalem, they would have, they would have conquered Jerusalem like that. And so he decides that, um, you know what, maybe, maybe I need to make a treaty and alliance of my own. So he goes to a neighboring country called Assyria, another powerful uh, country uh, there. And um, uh, he goes and he tries to make an alliance with them. Right? But then God sends his prophet Isaiah to King Ahaz uh, with a message. And he says, you know, King, this is the message that, that you're not going to be defeated. You just got to trust me. And so in Isaiah 7, verse 7 to 10, it says, but this is what the sovereign Lord says. The invasion will never happen. It will never take place. For Syria is no stronger than its capital, Damascus. And Damascus is no stronger than its king. And he said, guys, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. And, and he's saying, unless... Your faith is firm. I cannot make you stand firm. And what, he, what, what God is saying is through the prophet Isaiah is, is y'all, you got to trust me on this. I know it's scary. I know they're like, they're like that their army is fierce. But I'm telling you that if you trust me, it's not going to happen. All right? And God was giving King Ahaz who never really sought or trusted the Lord to begin with. He wasn't necessarily a great king who followed God. Nonetheless, God was was pouring his grace upon Jerusalem. And King Ahaz said, here's an opportunity, king, that if you would just turn to me, you're going to see me do great and mighty things. And it goes on in Isaiah 7, goes on, says, Later, the Lord sends this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation. If you don't believe me, and I know you don't believe, Isaiah, just ask for a sign. Ask for something. I'm going to give you something. You know? And Ahaz says, you know, and it goes on and says, make it as difficult as you want. He said, I'm going to give you just come on, anything. Just ask. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as the heaven, as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. No, he said. And, 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 he, and he gets all religious. He goes, um, I will not test the Lord like that. You know? Then Isaiah said, listen well, you family of the, your royal, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? And, and, and God is saying, ask for anything. Because I'm telling you, if you would trust me, this invasion is not going to happen. I'm going to be with you. 
And King Ahaz goes, nah, that's okay. And he refused to trust. And he couldn't let go of control or he couldn't get control of whatever and really trust God. What a tragedy. And he couldn't get beyond religion and trust the living God. You know, and I thought about that, and I thought about how often it is for us that God is there. I'm right here. All you got to do is trust me. And and, and we're like, nah, because we just cannot let go. God, 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 you know, we want you as a part of my life. I want you to be there because it's kind of cool and it's kind of nice. But when push comes to shove, when we're really in a, in, a, in a real desperate situation, we just can't let go. Or we don't want to let go of control. And no matter how good God is, we say, nah. You know? And we, we say, well, if we... If if God spoke to us like that, we'd, we'd listen. Well, God has spoken to us in his word. And that's why his word is so precious. And God is saying, man, if, if I'm giving you my word, I will never leave you or forsake you. That nothing is ever going to separate you from my love. You know, he's saying, man, if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, Everything you need will be given to you. I will watch over you. I will guard over you. I will guard over your foul, guard over everything you want. I will lead you. If you trust in me with all your heart, you don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge me. I'm going to make your path straight. And God is saying like, yeah, he's saying, man, just test me, man. Ask me for anything. Make it really hard because I want to prove to you. And Ahaz goes, nah. And so often we go, nah, that's okay. Because we want to trust ourselves more. And the amazing thing was that God didn't forsake his people. I mean, the king says, nah, God, that's okay. Handle, we handle. Like, no, you're not going to handle. And God didn't forsake his people. And through the prophet Isaiah, even after King Ahaz's rejection, God declares this amazing promise that, that, uh, that the Lord himself would give a really powerful sign. He says, okay, look. If you're not asking, the Lord himself is going to give you a sign. That um, the sign of a promise of a, another kind of invasion. That there will be an invasion. Heaven would invade earth. And it's that promise that heaven's going to invade earth. That heaven invaded earth. That's, I believe, that's, that's the promise, that's the truth that God wants us to hang on to, 
grab hold of this Christmas. And, you know, the first thing is that, you know, it's an amazing, amazing promise. And it's to the whole world that heaven indeed will indeed invade earth. This is what Isaiah says in verse 14. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. You're not going to ask. You don't want. The Lord himself is going to give you a sign. He says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. And, and God declared that heaven, there's going to be an invasion. Heaven's going to invade earth. And instead of just standing by, waiting for mankind, mankind to somehow reach him, God would reach down and he would come to us. You know, that he would come to us. That, that he would meet us in the flesh, right where we are. You know, right where we are, that he's going to come, and he's going to come as Emmanuel, that God's going to give the earth Emmanuel, God with us. And heaven would indeed invade earth. And through this miracle of this virgin birth and this son called Emmanuel, but unfortunately for the people of Israel, for the people of Judah and for the people in Jerusalem, they would have to wait. You know, they would have to wait for over 700 years. And maybe over the last 400 years of that 700 years, God would seem really, really silent. There will be no more prophets coming on the scene. You know, it will just seem like, where is God? You know, is God gone? Did God leave us? God didn't leave them. God was there. And that God was in his timing. God was there. He would not forget. He did not forget. He did not forsake his people. Emmanuel would come. And Emmanuel came. And the second thing is that this, the heaven invaded earth to bring the greatest gift the world would ever know. As you know, you know, Emmanuel is another name for Jesus. You know, it's another name for Jesus. That Jesus came to bring God to us. I mean, Jesus came so that you can say, God is with me, that God is here. That, that this heavenly invasion came with, with, you know, that the king and the savior of the world came. But there was no parade. There was no gigantic announcement. It came with very little fanfare. Almost as though God was saying that if you would seek me out, you're going to find me. But you're going to have to take that little step to seek me out first. Shepherds were there. Regular shepherds were there, right? They heard about it, and they stepped out. Not everybody stepped out. But Jesus came. Emmanuel had come. God with us had come to the world. And Jesus came on this mission from 
his father to pay, to pay the penalties for the sins of the world. You know, that, that he came to make a way for us to experience a personal relationship with God Almighty. He came so we could experience God with us, Emmanuel. So that we could say, I'm with God. And when we really think about it, and we're going to be thinking about and talking about just the amazing truth of Emmanuel, that God with us, that God came down to be with us. And this is gigantic universe. God said he's going to come. The one time um, New York Yankee shortstop later announcer you know, Phil Rizzuto, um, one day he suggested to the Yankee manager at that time, you know, Joe Torre, and, and, he, and he says, you know, he went up to him and says, hey, coach, you know, um, I think managing the players and the team uh, could be done a whole lot better high above the baseball field because, you know, he went from a shortstop to the broadcasting booth, you know, above the field. And he says, you know, I think managing could be done a lot better high above the baseball field from the level of the broadcasting booth. From there, he says, you know, you can see the whole thing. You can see the whole field right there in front of you. And uh, thoughtfully, Joe Torrey, you know, thought about it. He goes, yeah. And he, and, he, and he said this. He said, that's really true. But upstairs, you can't look into their eyes. And, you know, I think that's what God did. That, that God chose to come down on the field so he could look into our eyes. That God Almighty came because he wants to look in our eyes. See, that's what Christmas is all about. That heaven invaded earth so that God could be with us in the flesh and so he could look at us in our eyes. You know, over the next few weeks, um, culminating with Christmas Eve, uh, we'll be looking at God's amazing gift to us, Emmanuel. And that this Christmas season, you know, amidst all the hustle and the bustle and everything that the world looks at that makes Christmas so special, you know, um, you know, those magic words that people, you know, search out, you know, all day and all night, S-A-L-E, you know, and it's going around um, in the midst of your parties and your shopping and, and your dinners and all this other stuff. Um, you know, I, I think what God is saying, will you, let, will you let heaven invade your life? Will you let heaven just invade your life, you know? And, and bring to you the greatest gift in the world. Like King Ahaz, some of you are, 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 are facing a really stressful time. You, know, uh, you feel like you're being attacked. You know, there's this, might be financial, whatever, just, you know, and you're feeling like that. And God is there. And he wants to give you a sign. That he's there and he loves you. 
that he wants to be there as Emmanuel. And unlike King Ahaz, we just kind of look up and say, God, I need you. I want you. you know? Some of you have been, you know, you've been running away from God. You know, that you've turned your back. That you maybe have heard what God is saying to you. And like King Ahaz, he goes, no, that's okay. Handle. You know. And God is saying, if you would just look to me, that I'm here. And I want to come into your life. You know, for some of you, Christmas is really tough. You know, you might have just lost a loved one. You know, every Christmas, and I think of my dad. You know, every Christmas, I think of, you know, one of our elders, Neil Shimabukuro. I, I think of his, his mom. You know, his mom um, uh, passed away a number of years ago. Um, she really was like an older sister, you know, and... Um, um, yeah, I, and I always think, and she would make this cranberry thing every Christmas for us. And, you know, not a Christmas goes by, and I, I think, man, I, I kind of miss Peggy a lot. And, um, you know, you might be hurting right now. And God is saying, will you allow me to come? Because Emmanuel has come. Will you let God come in and invade your life? See, because if, you, if you're going through stuff, or maybe you're not. But if you just open up your hearts and allow God to speak to you, and if you'd open your eyes to see that, that Emmanuel has come, it could change your life. And that's what I'm praying over these next few weeks here in December, that that at the end of this short series that we're in, that when Christmas Eve comes, and then we get up on Christmas Day, our lives would have been changed because of an amazing truth, you know, that over 2,700 years ago, through a prophet named Isaiah, God says, I'm going to give you a sign. Even if you don't ask for one, I'm going to give you one, that the Lord God himself will give you a sign that there's going to be this virgin and she's going to give birth to a son and that son is going to be called Emmanuel, God with us. Let that truth sink in. Right? Why don't you stand with me and uh, let's pray. We're going to pray um, a little different. You know, we're going to pray and worship um, with this song. Let this song be an expression of your faith, your worship, and your prayer to the Lord, all right? <clears throat> oh, I see heaven 